I built my artistry around the concept of no punchlines, just lifelines. Because, yo, everybody knows how rap goes with, with punchlines. We know the impacts that they have. But to me, it's like, yeah, I do that. But lifelines are something deeper. I call myself a rap artist because in, in Nigeria, rap has a very, it, it has baggage and hip hop has baggage here. People didn't know who I was. Me, I've heard my voice, but didn't know what I looked like. I just bided my time that when they do see, we have to make it so that they remember. You know, and I think it was Black Coffee that made a statement about Drake. Shout out to Drake for always sending the elevator back down. I'm DJ Semtex. This is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. And today I'm with a very, very dope artist, a very, very great MC, artist, rapper, singer, goes by the name of Laddie Poe. What's going on, man? I'm blessed. I'm blessed and happy to be here, man. This is crazy. <laughs> I love this. You know? I'm, I'm here today because Ice Prince told me to do this. He was like, he put me on <laughs> I was speaking to Ice Prince on the earlier podcast. And he was like, yo, Sam, you need to know about Laddie Poe. He's the guy, he's coming through. He's the guy that inspires me and everything else. So, yo, shout out to Ice Prince for educating me, hooking us up. Big shout out to Ice. Big shout out to Ice. Wow. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and and, and we're doing this right now. You know, I mean, like, it's it's funny I come full circle. I like it. <laughs> now nah, that's dope. How you feeling? See, it's funny you ask that question because I'm feeling great, <laughs> you know, and that's why the record is called Feeling. It's, it's been such a moment for me and um, um, I'm not fooled by um, it at all because I know that the hard work is, is, is still necessary. I'm putting my foot on the gas for real. I hear that. I hear that. And, you know, for people who, who may be just discovering you now for the first time, do you, do you want to break down, like, your background and what you do? Definitely. You know, I think, to be honest with you, I feel like most artists are always in a state of discovery, you know, so it's something I'm always glad to do. My name is Ladi Poe. Uh, I'm a rap artist from Lagos, Nigeria. I didn't realize I was ever going to be making music. I studied biology and chemistry in school. I double majored, you know. I was born and raised in Nigeria. I had the opportunity to go to school in the States is where I picked up the skill and the ability to rap or rather found out that I had this thing. I always liked words and reading and drawing and creating, but music, no, never. And so it grew and blossomed, you know, because I had two really close friends in school who encouraged me and who, I, I don't know how they, pulled it out but since then I've been rocking with it and um, I built my artistry around the concept of no punchlines just lifelines because yo everybody knows how rap goes with with punchlines we know the impacts that they have but to me it's like yeah I do that but lifelines are something deeper lifelines are like the um the punchlines is the package. It comes in a nice fancy package. Oh I like these but then you rip it open, rip open the box and then you what you're left with is the lifelines. It's the real tangible gift. Plus the feeling you get when you receive that thing. That's the lifeline. You know, I want to make music that is indelible, that sticks, that stays. And um, I've been 
in the process of doing that over the years and it's really crystallizing into something great. And now I call myself Ladipo, the leader of the revival, because I am bringing something of substance to the music, to the soundscape. You know, it's a journey. That's a powerful, powerful statement. It's a powerful manifesto. Mm. I, I've never heard of that, but <laughs> honestly, it really is the words you're using. I mean, even the whole concept of lifeline, you know, because we, you know, we know about punchlines. We know what that is in hip hop, but that's a very, very great flip on the meaning of lyrics and what it can do for people <laughs> as well. It's dope. Mm. It's dope. How, what, where Thanks, did, man. I appreciate that. For real. What, what made you come up with that? What inspired you to come up with that way of describing what you do? I'll say one thing, you know, especially coming from Nigeria, there's this, I feel like, extra identity crisis that rappers go through, you know, because we're told that our artistry is not valid. You know, I had to understand what, what was the anchor of my sound. And I realized it's the way I present the lyrics. It's the way I put them together. It's the way I think, you know. And rather than saying, oh, what's your sound? Oh, my sound is hip hop. Or my sound is Afrobeats. My sound is this. I was like, you know, my sound is the way I rap, you know. And this idea of lifelines had been creeping in. I said it on an MI song. Um, no punchlines, just lifelines. That's the first time it, I dropped it, you know. Save yourself the trouble of keeping up something about that. And then it just stuck with me. And I'm like, I like this phrase, you know, and it grew into meaning for me. And now it's my mantra for life. No punchlines, just lifelines. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love it. So let, let, let's take it back. You were saying you was in the US and that's when you discovered, you know, you could rap. Like, what was the soundscape at that time? Like, what was the musical influences that, kind of moved you towards mm. like writing and, and getting because it's a it's a pretty audacious thing like you don't just wake up one morning and start rapping it's like well yeah you can do but it's like there's 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 chapters and layers and a journey that brings you to that moment where you start connecting words together and in the rap format you know i know a lot of rappers you know they've done poetry or they loved english in school and everything which Obviously, that makes you an even better rapper if you have that understanding. But what was you listening to? Who were the artists that inspired you? And what led to that moment where you started writing bars? Um, wow. I think that, first and foremost, there's a rapper called Fonte. Yeah, yeah. Fonte is from a group called Little Brother. He's one of the greatest, highly underrated. I mean, I don't even need to tell you. <laughs> highly, highly underrated. His wordplay is beyond just, you know, he crafts punchlines so skillfully, but it's how he's so witty. It's one song, um, I think it's called Whatever You Say, but it's a remix to Whatever You Say. Fonte doesn't rhyme once, and I don't realize he's not rhyming until the last four bars. He actually rhymes in the last four bars, and he says, you know, you just realized that my verse didn't rhyme. He, how do you rap a whole verse without rhyming, but the skillfulness of the word choice it's just landing so delicately that people don't even notice that. So I was blown away. I was enamored by that concept. And he really like pushed me to be, to place excellence, you know, when I craft lyrics. Um, Fonte definitely, I have to admit that um, Drake had a strong, it was less so that Drake's, it was more like, Drake's zone was more like validation rather than inspiration. 
because like I said, I was in Niger I was in America, so I'm listening to mainly American rappers. I always had melodies in me because I'm Nigerian. We're inundated with melodies from birth. We're hearing different songs, different chants, all these things when we're young. And it's just growing your mind and assimilate into something. And I had these leanings. However, I didn't really explore them because that's not what you did when you rapped, right? So hearing Drake really gave me that validation that no, man, these melodies that you have, express them. You know, so um, he was he he was part of the matrix, and then I have to say like, Lupe, because Lupe had imagination. Lupe crafted bars from, it's it, it it it's like he obviously did the thing that most rappers do is what you see you document, but he just brought stuff from just his dreams. So I, I thought to myself that that's really cool as well. So um, I like those guys and um. I started to listen to some Travis at the time too. And I just thought you can play around with your vocals. Your engineer is actually your friend. He's not just a person that records you. He can give you an edge. Do you know what I mean? So like all these people sort of melted into, let's say the, the sound bed. And don't let me talk about Kendrick. I mean, he is Kendrick, <laughs> you know, he just pushed the bar. So, but those are the guys that really started the, me climbing up the rung in terms of like lyricism and 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 wordplay and craft i mean your engineer is your friend you know how many engineers would be so happy to hear that right now <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. yo i've never heard anyone give praise to the engineer <laughs> it's and and but you're right that they're, they're, they're your friend but they're the most important person in your career like how they track your vocals yeah. is how the rest of the world yeah. hears it forever. How it's documented. Yeah, that's facts. You know, um, as, as, as shows, hip-hop artists give the Soundman a hard time. Yo, Soundman, like <laughs> always, you know what I mean? The Soundman gets it. He's the first to get it. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like it. But again, the Soundman, yo, when you step in a venue, he should be the first person that you greet. Hey, how you doing? Straight up. This is what Straight I do. up. This is what I like. Da, 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 da. Do a sound check. Do a yep. rehearsal. And that guy, he he's he's as important as your DJ, hype man, or cameraman on stage. Everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. He's, he's a really important character. And I, and I think that that's this the thing I've been understanding is that the sound is not just. I I call myself a rap artist because in in Nigeria rap has a very it, it has baggage and hip-hop has baggage here so i've understood that the artist tag in the in the phrase rap artist is the fact that a good song is more than just a fire verse you need that fire verse if you are an elite rapper you need that fire verse but you give the song what it needs you give it that bridge you give it the melodies you give it pause when it needs to have a break you don't just approach it like a stereotypical what people know rappers to do because I'm creating an art form and I'm trying to make, create my own lane and I will not be, I will no longer be confused as the role that I'm meant to play as an artist. You will not force me into that box, you know, and my sound man is key to achieving that because we play tricks here and there and we do things here and there to give it more, more color, more life. It feels like you really pay attention to the craft and mm. you know there's, there's there's people listening right now who may never heard of you before and 
you know, you're, you're on a journey and you're, you're taking it somewhere else. I know what you're, you've got lined up. I've, I've heard rumors about who you're working with and everything and so forth. But it feels like you really, really got that understanding of the craft before, you know, you're getting the views, you're jumping on stage and da 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 da, da. It's dope to see because I think a lot of people mm. don't, you know, they don't, they don't do the groundwork. They don't do the studying. They mm. don't pay attention to mm. the detail. And that's what's most important, right? It, it really is. I think you hit the nail on the head. It The details, they give you, in my opinion, um, give you that nuance. And as far as I'm concerned, nuance makes you memorable. Nuance can also give you longevity. You know, hit songs are great for exposure, but it's like when people now discover you, what is the thing that they are going to say to their friends when they're talking about you? That's that's where the details come in, you know? And for me, it's I've been forced to pay attention to it um, because like I said, it's it's it's, I have to shoulder people out the way to make space for myself. You know what I mean? And and that, and I need to be remembered. And also that said though, I've been learning something and that is, I have to make sure there's a balance between my perfectionism because somebody told me recently, I read somewhere that uh, perfectionism is another form of procrastination. So I'm like, okay, okay. You also <laughs> have to move. You have to pull the trigger. And Nigeria, we have a phrase, it's that it, it goes, as it is hot. As it is hot means hit it while, you know, hit the iron while it's hot, man, because you never know, you know? Yeah. You said in Nigeria, hip hop, there's baggage. How? Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to pick up on that. Like, yeah, some Texas is going to want to know the details. <laughs> you know, um, Nigeria's perspective and the semantics they use for hip hop are, are old. They need, it needs updating. That iOS long been expired. And I feel like um, they, a lot of the audience wants, if you rap, if you express yourself through the art form of rap, you should do it solely on hip hop type beats, right? And to me, hip hop is a culture, it's a lifestyle, it's a sound, it's a way you talk, it's everything, you know, like DMX described that but I am Nigerian. Hip hop originated from elsewhere. I do not, I have to embrace where I am. So the lambas, the slangs, the, the musicality that we are born with, of course it has to play a part in the music. Of course our version of rap music, I won't even say hip hop, our version of rap music won't sound like hip hop. Why should it? You know, the beats that we feel and the way we want to approach us, like they need to make room for that kind of sound and accept it. It's funny, they accept it because they like it and listen to it. But when they say hip hop is dead, it's, they're just talking about one aspect of fragment. I think there's still guys that love to rap on traditional hip hop beats. Show them love and pay attention to them. But for me, I find it limiting to only express myself in that one way. But when I put an album out, my album to talk about poor I dropped in 2018, the first track is a hip hop track, but the second track is a hip hop track. The third track isn't quite. And should it be? There's so many sides to an artist and I feel like we're at the point where we want to express it as freely as possible. Everybody, I think, I think Ice talked about this. 
I think he talked about he he called his own something else. Ice has a name. I know Vector calls his rap fro beats or something like that. Mm. Um, Ill Bliss, who's an OG out here, calls his own nigh rap. They've all found ways to coin it to say our rap will go on different sounds. Don't expect just one sound. So it's a new narrative. So, so yeah. How do you you know hip hop is baggage in Nigeria. It has baggage in the UK. It has baggage in the mm. US. There's there's issues mm. with hip hop mm. that you know mm. get get overlooked, ignored, and and we definitely had you know our scene has gone in the UK. Our scene has gone through an evolution, and definitely I think there's been a renaissance in the last five to six years. It's totally different to what came before. And one of the things that's that's really working right now that's that's popping and it resonates with people worldwide is is the UK drill sound. So it's a sound. Yo, that, the UK drill sound is crazy. Yeah, it's it's inspired by Chicago. People over here have produced their own sound, their own take on it, and now it's inspiring artists and producers in in New York and America and in Africa as well. Be it, um, um. Sorry, shout out to your guy in the background. <laughs> Yo, my manager. My manager's out here trying to find the right angles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ghanaian drill. Nigeria drill. It's dope. It's dope. It's it's fascinating to yeah. see like a sound, like a subgenre of hip hop. It's 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 yeah. bringing us together. It's bringing that common, you know, because now it's like, you know this Kenyan drill and it's well, like acceptable, it? yeah and it, and it's like I see people debating about you know not not is is one better than the other but yo these these Ghanaian guys are getting it in when it comes to drill they're doing it differently and 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 and, and the concept of drill it, it feels like every country and continent has got their own style they've they're bringing their own like influences to it but it's all dope it's like mm. we're looking at each other regardless of where we're from and we're rating each other. It's not like, ah, oh, that's some, yeah, I don't really know that. In the same way that a crew from Australia, they can do drill and it's accepted and it's spoken about and if you get the right track and it cuts through, it removes all the barriers of judgment. It's the first time I've seen this in hip-hop yeah. where globally yeah. we're all getting it in. And you know, yeah, you, you, you're that messiah giant as well. It's like you're doing your thing. You, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're getting it. Like, how, how how do you feel yeah. about that? Like, given the fact that there has been baggage in hip hop in in every country, but now we finally kind of got something where we're all on a level playing field, regarding regardless of nationality. Mm. You know. Gosh, that's actually so interesting. That concept is is dope. The fact that you said we're all on a level playing field because it's that one sound that we're all hopping on. So you can't say, ah, I don't understand this sound. Personally, I think it's great. I think it's a, it allows artists from the farthest corners from the world to relate with one another and say that, ah, I saw you on that track or you killed it, bro. You know, and um, it's interesting that that happens over here too. I think there's a, there's a sound that's, going crazy in Africa right now, it's called Amapiano. So it's, everybody's jumping on that Amapiano sound. So to me, it's like, we're gonna see much more of these things. They are bridge builders, they are connected. I don't think people 
tend to want to compare, like you said, I really feel like it's a moment to embrace, you know, and say, and from there make new connections. You know what I mean? Because I think I saw you were speaking to somebody and he mentioned how, you know, who was it you were talking to? I just saw it. you talked about Fredo, how Fredo was the guy that he was hey, looking apology. at. Uh, yeah. And it was, yeah, apology. Talking to Paul and um, he pointed that out. And I'm like, that's a conversation between Paul G and Fredo now, mm. you know? And I feel like we should see it as bridge building rather than competition. And there's a tendency for somebody to say, well, this is our sound. It came from our place. But we're in the day and age where, hey, man, you can't own it for too long. You have it, do what you want with it. And the rest of the world is going to take a bite too. So it is what it is. Mm. I, I, speak to, I speak to, you know, I speak to producers from all over the world and, and you know, I've been talking to people from Chicago. They love what's happening. They love, like, because the, mm. their, their whole thing is drill came out of a negative environment. So they're just kind of, they're happy that kids are taking it and flipping it is, 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 is kind of, it's like that rose from the concrete thing, you know, because, yeah. you know, there's negative connotations with the whole concept of drill and drill music, but the way it is now is something else now. It's it's totally something else, you know. And it's it's major as well. It's global. It's a global drill. Is a global sound. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Drill is a global sound. Same with Afrobeats. Hmm. Afrobeats is a global sound, although. Hmm. Mm, me and Afrobeats. <laughs> I just, I look forward to the day. I look forward to the day and it's coming where the music, you know, there's more, um, it's, it's funny because sometimes I struggle. I wonder, do I actually want more, what's the word, more categories, more nomenclature, more semantics? Because that's not my job. My job is to create. I understand the impact that terminology Afrobeats has had because it's been like, it's like a train that has moved out of um, West Africa and Africa in general to the rest of the world in a way they can understand because they can call it something. But I know that sometimes when I drop a track, it's not Afrobeats per se. So, so I want it to be seen as different, but I don't know, am I ready for a new terminology? You know, so it's, it's all these words and ideas. Uh, my little bro Rema is calling his own stuff Afro Rave. And I see the need to want to yourself from um, the different sounds because, you know, you're putting in your own affectation to it. To me, it's still something that's bubbling in my head. I haven't decided what I really, really want to see happen. But I think more diversification will happen, though, over time. I think you just got to make bangers. I think that's on the mass. Great music. Self-text. <laughs> <Same text. laughs> I love it. <laughs> just make bangers, bro. Yeah. Cause, facts. Cause facts. It, you, know, you can't do it without bangers, though. Don Jazzy put me onto Rema and he was like, I'm going to send you some tracks. Mm. And he sent me two tracks. And um, one was an Afrobeats track. One was like, it was like a hip hop track. It was like, you know, something mm. that had come out of Atlanta. I played both of them. Mm. I was just like, this guy's incredible. Mm. I was just like, this guy's the future because he's, he's operating in different lanes. He's not letting himself be put into anyone category i love that shit man mm. like it's just because it's, it's yo that's it to me that's it the resistance to be classified 
in the way people are used to classifying others. That to me is, that's the real fight for any artist, you know? And um, the skill set is, it's these days, like the way we're coming at the, the world is like our skill set is broad. Like, yeah, I, one of the, the biggest things to me is that at the end of the day, when I'm on stage, that's the moment. That's the moment you'll know whether you have a song or you don't have a song. Cause that's stagecraft. I, I base everything off the fact that I, when you see me perform it, whether you like the track or not, you will believe on stage. I make believers out of unbelievers when I'm on the stage. That one, I believe that I, that's, I'll die knowing that fact. Hey, don't be so dramatic, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> we don't want to see you going anywhere too soon. <laughs> All right. So, you know, it's, it's you know. Passionate. I'm passionate, man. <laughs> Can't even lie. I'm passionate, you know, for real. That's, that's dope. That's dope. You, you've got, you got a very, very strong visual identity. Like, you know, I heard mm. about your name before I saw you. I heard your music before I saw you. And then seeing you online, seeing you in videos, your, 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 your image is very, very well defined. And it's not, it's not defined through drip. It's, it's, it's defined just by how you are as a person, your physique, your hair, your grooming. You know that's Laddie Poe. You know you stand out from everybody else. Thanks. Was that deliberate? <laughs> um, yes, yes, because because I I understood something, and that was the fact that I make music. That's an art form, but I'm building a brand, and in building a brand, a brand it, it, it's a synonym for the brand. It's it's a promise, it's a certain level of consistency, and I'm like, I need to showcase the detail I put into my music in the way that I present myself. It, it just has to, it has to work well together. The synergy has to be very clear to people. And now that one of the th the issues I always had, I don't call it an issue. It was just a state where my face wasn't, people didn't know who I was. May have heard my voice, but didn't know what I looked like. I just bided my time that when they do see, we have to make it so that they remember. You know, and I think that's that's what I'm in this business to do. Because if it's about creating a legacy, I need to do things that will make people remember. So yeah, yeah, the everything is is all. It's not strategy, but it's not. I can't call it strategy. It's just originality and at play, right here, just being me. Mm -hmm. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. You was talking earlier yeah. about about Drake, the existence of Drake and what he does with melodies. 
was validation for what you do creatively or inspired the, the you know what's the right way to put it the validation of what great drake does and how he exists it was used you know for yourself mm-hmm. it was like okay i'm good to do this um what what is drake's impact on nigeria and on africa because there's a lot of talk around at the moment about you know some people are saying that he me personally i think drake should be knighted for his services to uk rap i think what he's done is incredible Mm. he's put people on Mm. in ways that us based artists never have and never maybe will Mm. right so Mm. for me i'm like he should have a passport he should have a uk passport as far as i'm concerned Um, (laughs) and in a recent podcast with tumor we discussed the aubrey effect because we were like yeah it's bigger than music like it what what drake has done has put toronto on the map it's put canada on the map you know the 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 aubrey effect is something that would be written about in books years from now hopefully i'll do it myself but it's like i I just wanted to know (laughs) your perspective apart from creative inspiration how do you how do you think Drake has um, influenced or affected what happens in Nigeria and Africa? That's a long winded question. I know. I'm sorry, but mm. no. I mean, like, I think it boils down to the fact of um, he's shone a light, you know. And I think it was Black Coffee that made a statement about Drake. Shout out to Drake for always sending the elevator back down. And I thought that that was a very well phrased statement. And I think that if you are putting somebody on, you are putting them on a track, you know, and they have, that person is bringing their own light and also adding value to your track. And that's one of the reasons why the track is doing so well. And that is listed. That person is given their credit. You are not taking anything. You are adding. I can't understand how people will not see that as the case. You know, it's, it's because I, Guarantee you the person that is involved is not complaining. There's issue if the person is complaining. But so to me, I think that he has been able to, he has been able to accelerate the career of many artists. And as a result, those those people have done more things. And um, I think that his role is undeniable and is the reason why he's the artist of the decade. You know, um, for me, in, in my musical journey, his projects just, because I have a similar thing I like to do, conversational rap. I like to speak in anecdotes. I like to tell stories. I I love my use of punchlines, but I feel like sometimes I don't want to get in the way of the story I'm trying to tell you, you know. Um, at the end of the day, most important thing is that it rhymes, you know. So for me, I think an artist like him is going to be a legend forever. There's no tarnishing that name, no, no matter how much you try. It's not luck. It's not luck. It's the reason why. Yeah. I like Drake. I'm a fan myself as well. So Drake, he's done it. He's doing it. He's killing it. You said artist of the decade. He could be one of the artists of the century. You know, the way that he's going and the output that Mm -hmm. he's got and what he's achieving and everything. From your opinion, what is it that has made him achieve this more than any other artist in hip hop or 
R&B because he's the king of rap. He's the king of R&B. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of great ones in hip hop, huh. and I don't mean this in a derogatory way in, in in any sense at all. But you know, the the the, the Jays, the Eminems, and everything else. There's there's a lot of rap gods. Um, but with with Drake, he, he keeps going. He, he's surpassing records of what these guys have done. Like not not just in sales, just but in releases and cultural significance, and you know, tapping into other artists around the world, be it from Nigeria or the UK or, you know, what is it that makes him so special and different from every other rapper to be able to do what he's doing? Or every other R&B artist. There's a, there's a lot of great R&B artists that have had good runs, but then they disappear. You know, there's, there's artists, mm. R&B artists from the noughties that we grew up listening to. They were great at the time and they just fizzle out for whatever reason. Mm. Why, from your opinion as an artist, why is it that Drake has been able to just cut through, stay relevant, be ultra successful and, and have a significance that I've only really seen with a Michael Jackson type act or a Prince type act. Mm. He's getting that. He's, mm. he's taking it mm. even further like within hip hop, but he's getting that iconic status. What what is it mm. from your perspective that makes him do what he does and be so significant? For me, I think it's I think it's two main things, and a third thing that is like a supporting factor. I think that number one, Drake puts the same amount of thought and ambition in his lyrics as he does in manufacturing relatability, he, in, in crafting, he crafts relatability. He actively looks for ways to continue to stay relatable and relevant because he knows that he knows that relatability is, is the heart of relevance. And he's trying to ensuring that with each new generation that is coming in music listeners, he's hitting you right at the heart early on. So you know that I'm your guy. I'm, I'm your guy too. I think that it's it's not just this insatiable appetite. It's I, I, I will not call it fear. It's not fear, but this desire that I think he knows he has it, but he still also is he, he pressures himself on because of that. I don't know if it's I don't I won't call it I don't know if whether to call it fear. I don't know whether to call it anything that is negative. It's probably just a positive thing. It's just that it's on his mind constantly, therefore he works at it constantly. Whereas other artists, other things become priority. Other things take over. Other things become your main focus. But for him, it's like, I might lose it. I might lose it. We need to go into the studio right now. Right now, right now, right now. I feel like it's that is a driving force from him for him. You know, and I don't know what that emotion is couched in, but it's couched in something. The third thing that is a supporting factor is the team. He must have, and I don't know Drake personally, you know, but he must have people around him that are constantly motivated by this vision. The people he has must have kept around him, that fire is burning really bright, you know. And for me, I take, I imagine that that's the case. So I'm crafting that around myself. I call it my diamond formation. The people around me must be well positioned and they are fueled by my vision can't be relevant without having a team that is as ambitious as you. I think for Drake, is that thing that's that trifecta. 
Wow. Stop. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. The diamond for formation. Diamond formation, you know. I mean, I watch football. Though. I'm a Liverpool <laughs> fan. Let me tell you right now, Semtex. Let me just let you know right now before you slander my team. You know, I'm a Liverpool fan, and yeah, you know, you're in club for life. I know nothing about football. I'm, 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 I'm I just, you know, I've, 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 I've been to football matches. I don't even know what to do. Like, I'm just like, you know, I can't wait till Liverpool invites me to to the stadium to to you know to Anfield to, to you know I was on their playlist. They put my song on their playlist. That was that was an amazing moment for me. So, yeah, I'm here supporting. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're a fan of Liverpool, but. Which UK so, artist are you a fan of? Like, who are you feeling right now? Oof. Man. Yo, my, my friend keeps playing me Central C. Central C's fire. Um, you know who I, who I really like? I can't even lie, man. It's not even just about who I'm feeling right now. I believe in Santan Dave. Right. Like, I, I just say I like Santan Dave. I believe in Santan Dave. That song, Black... Like just how he crafts things to me, they're they're ridiculous, you know. So I really like him, you know. Um, I like Shebo, mm. Shebo. <laughs> she's just aggressive. Mm. Shebo is like I just I think she shakes things up, you know. You know, um, Miss um, Banks is definitely a G because I've met her and she's such a her personality is just amazing. You know, not to mention she's a beautiful woman. That's not the point. She's just amazing. Uh, in in and and I I like people who bring that energy to the studio. But, but I have to say, man, I feel like Santan. There's something really special about that guy. You know, and I look forward to his next album. Dave, Shabo, Miss Banks, um, all Nigerian. No, Miss Banks is half Nigerian, but. Yeah, half Nigerian. Nigerian, right? So yeah, I I, I just gotta say that for the the, the police that are come at me. Oh, so I got it wrong. <laughs> part Nigerian, part Ugandan. Shout out to Miss Banks. Yeah, but you got yeah. three th three Niger artists. You got three three artists. I mean, we talked about the baggage of hip hop in Nigeria and the UK, but you know, for me, for yourself as a Nigerian. How how important and how do you feel to see, you know, Dave Shabo and Miss Banks doing their thing because they're they're three very different artists. They do three very different things, but as yeah, you know, they they're your distant relatives, you know, culturally mm. and in every yeah. aspect, be it music and be it heritage. Um, yeah. How does how does yeah how does that how does that how does how do, how is that seen? you know, from your perspective and, you know, from, from, from your homeland? Um, like, to me, it's like, at first, I don't, sometimes I don't even clock it because I just see them as artists who are doing what they do. But I like how they ensure that nobody misses it. I like how they infuse it in their wordplay. I like how they infuse it in their lifestyle. And it lets me connect to them on that other level. Because at first, you know, when we're talking or relating, I just see them, well, this is somebody that's from the UK. The accent just already tells me that you're from the UK. But it, 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 it makes me feel like when I come there, we can shake hands and relate on a deeper level. Because we both know, even if you haven't been to Nigeria, I think all of them have, 
you know yeah. even if you haven't been to nigeria we can relate so i love how they are like semtex one, one of the things i'm really grateful of is that my generation of artists we are really shining a light in nigeria in a different way the previous generation brought another aspect of nigeria and we are showing we're more than and the ones who are abroad either born there here to go there are also doing the same thing because we are like i i said it in in rap messiah you know they're trying to slow the bp i'm trying to raise the gdp I'm trying to grow the economic value of my country. I'm trying to grow the profile of my country in everything that I do. I'm an ambassador. I feel like these people are also indirect ambassadors too. And so um, I hail them. Oh, and I also forgot to mention Pa Saliu. Wow, Pa, eh, Pa. Yeah, Pa is heavy, super heavy. And yeah, this, if there's one thing I can say, it's not just the artists, John Boyega, like, he was in, never forget what he did in Star Wars. His voice, mm. his voice is heavy. His voice is loud. He's proud of, of where he comes from, what he does. You know, uh, the Daniel Kaluuya's, the Damson Idris's. These guys are really inspiring us. They're really gingering us and making us feel like, yeah, that's our guy. You know, so um, I hope one day to be one of those people. I think you're on the way. I think that's inevitable. <laughs> Thank you, I'm, sir. No, it, 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 Thank it's you, just purely from your perspective alone, like, you know, it's just you. You got a journey. You're you you going there and beyond. Like there's no doubt about that. Mm. Mm. Would would you? Thank you. Man. Is it is it fair to say that your generation is louder than the previous generation? Nah, definitely. They were very loud in terms of what we hear in the country. They were very loud with how they did things, but we have social media and that just is the loudest of all <laughs> you know what i mean so they um shape the country in a particular way and i feel like there's so much to be done here there's and nigeria has nigeria is a complicated place there are layers of issues and concerns and i am disheartened sometimes because it's like I see what my peers are doing i see how we are creating in such a hostile environment on the daily but there are so many things working against us, pushing us back. We would thrive in any other environment, but we choose to be here. And despite that, we're not being aided in our endeavors, you know, and that really is disheartening. But still, we, one thing Nigerians have is, it's just belief. I don't know where we get mm -hmm. it from, but we have hope in reservoirs, deep reservoirs of hope, you know, and, and I hope it, it never runs out. I saw the events that that unfolded, you know, with the SARS protests that happened late last year. My education on that situation came from artists. It, I think I think Rema was the mm. first person I saw being incredibly vocal about um, mm. what was going on out there. And when I, when I first saw his tweets, I was like, I was like, wow, like because you know to see an artist emotionally angered by what's going on you know it's a serious issue you know this so it made me pay attention to what mm. was happening and then and it was the same with david it was the same with Wizkid. it was like it felt like the voices of the artist were more powerful than any media outlet that's how me being in the uk that's how it felt you know um and that's why i'm saying like with this generation it feels like there's no fear 
it feels like people won't <laughs> think twice to call something out and say what it is. Well, look in that regard to, uh, what's the word? To to have them, we're lucky because maybe we didn't see certain things of the previous generation. We we didn't live through certain events, so that fear that fearlessness comes from not seeing that. However, it's the kind of fearlessness that is needed, and also as an artist, you do have a voice. One of the things I've realized in the NSARS protest was two things. Number one, my voice as an artist is powerful. It doesn't matter because if I'm reaching people, they can be convinced to think in a particular way. I also let me know to really educate myself and formulate my own opinion before speaking. You know, and I think that a lot of people fell into that trap during that time of just going out with the public sentiment, you know, and um, I will never allow myself to be caught in that trap. And we are at a time where we are now becoming... I won't say the tools, but we are becoming the weapons the people have to get the word out. And we need to use that and be that weapon with care, of course, and with um, the responsibility that comes with it. But yes, no, this, this, we have to be that. In these times that we're in, we 100% have to be that. There is no Nigerian of my generation and after me that has not experienced some level of police harassment or some level of insecurity in their daily lives. And it's, it shouldn't be that way. I'll just leave it with that. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold? and breathe. You get into ice water, and instead of like freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death. Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. What have you got lined up, music-wise? What can people look forward to? What's happening? New project coming out, working on a project, um, working on a couple of projects, actually. You know, uh, I hate to drip feed, but I want to set it out in a particular way. I want them to get something 100%. The fans deserve it. And I'm, um, I just dropped the video for feeling. The reception has been more than what I expected. Um, and also there's new music coming out first before I drop this project, you know. And uh, I want to touch more cities. I want to touch more regions. Um, with the song, with with feeling in more places for sure, but more than anything, I can't wait to give them a body of work. Semtex, I'm ready. I'm ready to drop that body of work because. 
as I range, the full range of the artistry, because you know you've seen some things, you've heard a couple of tracks, and it's like there's a range. I want them to get one side, but they need they deserve all of it. All of it. Yeah. We talked about different styles of music. We've talked about how we're much closer than ever before because there's sounds that unite us regardless of country, continent, you know, there's there's no barriers, there's no borders. Can that be a reason to overthink? Like, as an artist, can you be like, I, I want that big global impact or I need to put on for my city or I need to put on for my country or I need to represent for this genre? It's a lot of things to consider. Like, how does that impact on what you decide to create and release? Or are you just like, just go in the studio and make some bangers, see what happens? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I think that I'm fortunate about one thing, you know, I've been, you know, rocking with this. I was like 2014 where I said, you know what? I want to be an artist, but I'd been kind of like dabbling before, but I want to go on this journey. I've been working consistently. Um, I have, I think it's because it took a while for these big records to start coming out from my end that I'm a bit more fearless, a bit more, um, a bit more, what's the word? unafraid to go with how I feel and trust my music, you know? That said, those thoughts do creep in, but I'll speak for myself. I'm in a very confident place in the sense that I'll go with the things that I like. It led me here. And I was without the big record for so long and still doing it. I'm gonna still do it that way. I'm gonna trust my instincts. I was just on the phone with one of my guys. He's from a group called Show Them Camp. Big shout out to them. They were very instrumental in um, getting me out the gate, uh, speaking to Ghost, who is my by far one of my favorite rappers. He was, and I was telling him that I trust because I sent him a track, and he was like, "I don't really know." And I was like, "Look, I trust my instincts, and I need you to trust me on this because that's what's led me to this point." And I think that as much as it's important to have those big crossover singles and those songs, it starts by making good music. That's the foundation of everything. Yeah. How do you avoid the distractions? Oh man, sometimes I swear I thought I thought I thought it was easy, right? I thought I'd been doing it, and then you know, feeling dropped, and then like they're really distractions for real, you know. Um, I guess I have a small circle. I have a small circle. There's a part of town that is where everybody's really concentrated. I don't live there. I live away. I live on the mainland, you know. Now and so it's like I'm able to step away, and um, I rely on that a lot. I rely on keeping my routine simple. Gym, studio, although now we're feeling that they <laughs> keeping me grounded. I can't explain it other than they're super key. Like my mom doesn't play. She's never, she never gets caught in the hype, you know? So my father is the same way, you know? And I feel like I represent more than I am, you know, with the family that I have around me and my partner and everybody. So it's like, yo, let's, Let's go as far as we can go, but let's bring everybody with us. And that includes the groundedness. For now, who knows, man? Shantex, I might drop one monster track and all of a sudden you see Poe out, you know, like what's Poe doing? You know, I thought he was a grounded guy. But for now, um, absolutely, the focus is 100% laser. Yeah. How long do you spend in the gym? 
<laughs> okay, so uh, first off, I want to say a big shout out to my boys, Yemi Bars, Dolly T, Big John. Um, these guys are huge, you know, but they, I have a particular goal and a particular aesthetic I want to maintain. Um, so normally it's four days a week, at least an hour at the minimum, but ideally an hour and 30 minutes is what I do. I haven't been able to do that in the last six weeks because I've been all over the place and I can't wait to go back. I'm one of those people that I I need to be in the gym to maintain the ideal weight that I want because I shrink when I'm not, you know. Um, so it's like I need to go back to feel complete. But um, yeah, <laughs> I miss it, man. I miss it right now. But I'll be back on Monday. Well, look, listen. This this is this has been this has been um, amazing. You you got an incredible outlook just on the art, just on the art alone, like. We'll, we'll do this again like when when the next body of work is ready we'll go in depth about Ooh. it and we'll break it down and we'll see you in the uk real soon no doubt as well it kind of feels like sure. we're getting into a better place but like you you've got you got an amazing perspective like i think that's separates you from everybody else and it's really what's going to take you to that next level it's dope no thank you Semtex, because i believe that you know, like I said, the mantra is no punchlines, just lifelines. And I believe that at the end of the day, making the art, I'm still coming from a country that has its own overall baggage. So I'm, I see myself as an ambassador. I see myself as an artist, but as an ambassador as well. So it's, it's more than just making the songs. It's, it's being on stage. It's more than just being on stage. It's being somebody that is going to represent the country. So I have to come correct. We deserve it. We deserve to have artists like what I envision of myself, you know, representing us. So, yeah, I'm ready for this journey. I'm just getting started. <laughs>